0: Thank you so much for joining us at Remnant Church Podcast. We hope that you are encouraged by today's message. If you would like to know more or support this ministry, please go to remnantchurch.church. And now, the message from Pastor Caleb. Oh, I just want you, Lord. Hallelujah. Lift your hands all over the building tonight, Father. Oh, Lord, I pray. I pray, Father, as the shepherd of this house, first for my own life, that that's not just a song. And you know the depths of my heart. You know every part of me. Do I I sincerely, I just want you? Is that sincere? Is that real? God, you have to search me. I'm saying for me right now. And God, as they sung that song, uh... I felt conviction, God. I don't know that I just want you. I don't know if that's how I live my life at times. I don't know if that's the kind of worship I give you. I don't know if that's the obedience I give you. So, Father, in this moment, with that that thought, Father, I repent. I repent, God, of is anybody listening? Repent. Father, where I've put other things first. And Father, as a shepherd of this church, I, my concern is also as well as for as for as for me and for these people here. Father, I pray tonight together that Lord we can leave tonight and say, I just want you. Hmm. <laughs> And our song not be hypocritical. But it be from a pure place. I just want you. Father for the next few moments. As we look back at some of the early church fathers. God and, and some of the disciples. We, we see a life that, that they could very well sing that song. I just want you. They live that way. Father so tonight. May we be convicted. Uh, May we be uh, stirred enough to want to change and surrender everything to you tonight. Encourage us tonight. Strengthen us tonight. Speak through me tonight. My mouth, but your words. God, I pray tonight. We came out here on a Wednesday night. God, I pray tonight that, that those who are here Would open their hearts and their minds to hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying. That's my prayer tonight. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. You may be seated tonight. Thank you, musicians. Thank you, singers. I want you to find a seat in here. And uh, if you don't mind, I'd love for you to keep the moving down to a minimum tonight you need to hear this you need to hear this message you you need to hear it I want to take you to Acts chapter 2 Acts chapter 2 and I want you to um, turn in your Bibles to verse uh, 42 Acts chapter 2 verse 42 I want us to look at the early church, how they lived. I don't plan on screaming tonight. Well, we'll see, okay. Or hollering tonight. I want to teach tonight, okay. I want to teach. The Bible says that the early church, you've got to understand, this is the conception of the church. They, um, Jesus has been crucified. He's resurrected. Now he's ascended into heaven. He speaks to his disciples, he teaches them, and now he leaves and he says, I must go, but I'm going to go into heaven, but I'm not going to leave you by yourself, right? I'm going to send the comforter. I'm going to send the Holy Spirit to infill you, to baptize you. And you will be filled with this power. And he told them to wait. And they waited and they were praying and they were waiting on God. And in Acts chapter 2, the power of God falls and he baptizes them with the Holy Spirit. Now I want you to go to verse 42 and I want us to look what it says. It says, they, who are they? This is the church, okay? They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching." I want to stop right there. They devoted themselves. You know what's missing in the church today? Is a devotion. It's a devotion to God. Devotion uh, is a is a is a consecration, is a commitment. People, in in lost people, you could understand that. That they're not going to be committed to anything but whatever makes them feel good. And they're committed to themselves. But when we get saved. We no longer live for ourselves. The Bible tells us, y'all care what the Bible says tonight? The Bible tells us we're not our own. That we've been bought with a price. So I'm not committed to myself anymore. I'm committed to him. I'm committing my life to what he wants, his way, his will for me. I have committed myself to him. They were devoted. They were committed. What were they committed to? The teaching. They understood that they needed to learn who Jesus is and who they are in him. They were were addicted to teaching. They had devoted themselves to the teaching of God's word. I'm going to tell you something. If if, If you love Jesus but you don't love his word, you don't love Jesus. Did you hear what I said? If you love Jesus, I love Jesus, but you don't love his word. You don't love Jesus. Because Jesus is the word. He, when he came to this earth, he was the word wrapped in flesh. You understand? Jesus is the word. I know you don't like the word. I know a lot of people, you don't like the word. You know why? Because you don't reverence the word. You don't honor the word. You don't bring your word. You don't read your word. Come on now, let's be honest, come on. Are we going to be honest? You can't heal until sometimes it hurts to heal. You know that? Sometimes it hurts a little bit. You know, and, and when you got a bad wound, sometimes in, in wound care, they have, to, they, have to, they have to cut some things out, some dead stuff. That don't, feel, that don't sound like that feels good to me. Can we cut some stuff tonight can, so we can heal, so that we can get better tonight? You don't love the Word. Come on. If you did, you'd be in it. You'd read it. You'd meditate on it. The word wouldn't be a preliminary for me to say something funny. I can't wait for pastor to get in the message. Right? Come on, let's be honest. I'm ready for pastor to get down there and preach. Holler a little bit. Scream. But here's the word. Do we Are we in love with the word? They devoted themselves to the Word, the teaching of the Word. Listen, to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread. Let me tell you, Christians, look at me, born-again believers, you're shooting yourself in the foot when you think you don't need each other. You're shooting yourself in the foot. We need each other. You know, we, 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 we talk uh, uh, about and you've heard us say it, and we've pushed being together and fellowshipping together, we call it we 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 small groups and and we you need to be together, but you know what you don't take advantage of it why because you don't need it you don't think you need fellowship, but here's the truth listen to me, if they needed it, you need it oh 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 yeah. Is, maybe is there a season in my life where I'm isolated? I mean, I'm thinking of like John on the Isle of Patmos. He was by himself, it seems like, or maybe he was a well, fugitives, fugitive, but maybe the only believer maybe on that island, maybe. I don't know. But did, so, so, you know, he didn't have anybody. You know, thereby, but, but you're not on an island called Patmos. If you're on an island, it's because you put yourself on there by yourself. You know, I, I don't want to sound like I I I'm 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 uh well I am you've got if you're a believer, you've got to be in church. Amen. You know that? Yeah. Yeah. You cannot do life without church. Amen. You cannot live a successful Christian walk in victory without being a part of the church. No, no, I'm not talking about part of the church like in Christ. I'm talking about fellowship. Right now I'm talking about when we come together and we are in 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 here together and we're doing life together, but not just in here because really this just scratches the surface, let's be honest. This is just, hey, how you doing? I'm doing pretty good. You don't even know, I don't even know some of your names. You might not even know my name. I mean, let's be honest. That's not what he's talking about. He's talking about we need each other. Listen, you are not going to know everybody, but you need to know somebody. Are you listening tonight? You are not made to live this life by yourself. And I'm not talking, ladies, about finding you a man. Man, I'm not talking about finding you a cuddle buddy. You understand what I'm saying? I'm talking about we need our brothers and our sisters. In the early church, they committed themselves to the teaching of the word. And then they, com- they said, and then we also committed ourselves, devoted ourselves. We made it important. We knew it was vital to our walk was to fellowship together and break bread together. Is this Okay. To the fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and then it says to prayer. Oh man, so let's stop just a minute. This was important to the early church. I'm going to break it down one more time teaching, fellowship, and prayer. I want to ask you a question How's your prayer life? How's your prayer life? Are you making time to pray? Are you? Now that's a, I'm asking. Are you, and you don't, you know, I'm not looking for answers, but I want you to think about it. Really. I'm not talking about saying the prayer over your food. I'm not talking about saying the blessing. I'm talking about are you spending time with God? Are you, are you, are you hungry for the, the bread of His Word? Are you full of scraps? Are you feeding off the carnality of this world? So that you don't even you're not hungry for God. Are, it, does it bother you if you miss your prayer time? Does it make you feel like you've been absent from your friend and you've got to I gotta, I gotta make some time and talk to him today? I'm asking you. This is just like real plain, isn't it? It's simple. How's your prayer life? It says they devoted themselves to teaching, the breaking of bread and prayer, and I pray right now that a Holy Ghost conviction would fall on all of us tonight. That a Holy Ghost conviction would fall upon all of us, our leaders, our worship teams, those who work in the nursery, those who who serve, those who aren't here, those who will listen to this on a podcast. I pray that a Holy conviction would come upon you. And that you would see what I'm saying is truth. I pray that for a, for a moment you wouldn't have the, the, I pray for a moment that you would not have this, this familiar syndrome of, well, that's just Pastor Caleb. We hear him all the time and what he's saying is not that important. I, I want you to understand right now that I'm standing before you right now as a prophet of God. I'm standing before you right now as God's mouthpiece. And I'm speaking the word to you tonight. And I'm telling you, you better listen. You better not let me get too familiar to you. This is the word of God. This is the word. And I'm How's your prayer life? Are you spending time with each other? Are you hungry for his word? Everyone, the verse says in 43, everyone was filled with awe and many wonders and signs were being performed through the apostles. Now all the believers were together, held all things in common. They sold all their possessions and property and distributed the proceeds to all as, as had need. Now you understand this was a time of great persecution. For them to sell all their stuff was necessary so that they could live. They were oppressed people. They had to come together. I'm not asking you to sell your stuff, but I am asking you to live a sold out life. Is your life sold out to Him? There's a difference between ability and availability. You can have ability, I've seen a lot of people have great ability. But well, they don't have availability. I'm not talking about, when I say availability, listen to me right now. I'm not talking about, well, I will go to church this Sunday if, wait a minute. What times? I was going to say what times do the, do, the, do the Jaguars play, but nobody watches the Jaguars, do they? What time, I mean, isn't there something going on Sunday? Well, I can't go today. Well, when I would pray today, I would really pray. Lord, I would pray this morning, but I got to, I've, got, I've got a meeting at 8 o'clock in the morning, and, and I'm tired. Oh, I'm so tired. I would wake up earlier, but I'm tired. Does that sound like a sold-out life to you? Does that sound like? So but then you say but then you say okay I have nothing to do you've watched all your television shows you you've you've scrolled Facebook all the way back to 2016 <laughs> and then you say hey I think I I got time to pray that's not the availability I'm talking about I'm talking about when you clear your schedule You push everything aside for him, and everything is around him. You understand? Everything's around my prayer time. Everything's around my study time. Everything's around my devotion time. Everything comes second, and talk is cheap, y'all. Tonight, I pray that a holy conviction—the one that's been upon my me. You would feel, and if you don't feel a conviction tonight, and and you, some of these areas are not where they need to be, you ought to be scared to death. Are y'all listening now? I know I'm, I'm I know I'm I'm being too clear and plain. I'm not spitting right now. Well, I just did. I actually watched it come out of my mouth. God is calling us to get back to this. And if, if you're not feeling the conviction of the Holy Spirit, I'm worried if your heart's not so calloused. You know, you ever heard of that, a calloused heart? It's kind of like the calluses that you get on your finger. That's the thought. You can't feel. I, when I was messing around with the guitar, I played some. After a day of playing, your fingers will be so sore. But if you play a lot, they, they get calluses on. And you can just go all over that guitar. It doesn't bother you. It doesn't bother you. Uh, when the heart is calloused, these things will stop bothering you. So tonight we have to decide, what are we going to do? Are we going to hear instruction? and are we going to live a sold out life? Or are we just going to be lukewarm? Lukewarm churches are a dime a dozen. But lukewarm churches can't help anybody. Lukewarm churches do not make a difference in the community they're in. Lukewarm churches have a form of godliness, but they have no power. It starts with a a little callous at a time. They sold their possessions and property and distributed the the proceeds to all. Every day, this was so... They were consistent. Every day, they devoted themselves to meeting together in the temple. They broke bread from house to house. They ate their food with joyful, sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And every day, the Lord, I love that. And this is my verse, y'all. And every day, the Lord added to their number those who were being saved. What if I told you this? Not only is your life depending on your consistency and, your, and living sold out, but someone else's life is depending on you to live sold out. Amen. Amen. What if I told you that the child that you're praying for, that you're praying for, they get saved, they're watching you. What if I told you the husband that you're praying for, wife, they're watching you. Every day the Lord added to their number those who are being saved. Now I want to fast forward. Fast forward to a man named Stephen. Stephen was a f- product of this outpouring of the Spirit. We were in chapter 2. We go to chapter 7 and we find a man named Stephen. People were being added to the church daily. Okay, so there become a need for more than just the, those who had been teaching the gospel. They were needing to get some things in order. There was a problem that arose in chapter 7. I'm talking about the early church. There was a problem that arose. People were getting saved, but some people were getting overlooked. Remember, they sold all they had, and they put everything they had together, and they made sure everybody got fed, everybody got clothed, and some ladies, some widows, missed out on getting their portion, their lunch that day. And I'm sure somebody said, you know that why they skipped you, don't you? And they got a little, little thing going. And Peter said, listen. There's some things we've got to do here, some things we've got to set straight. Listen, I've got to be reading God's Word. I've got to be studying. I'm preaching every day, five, six times a day. And I can't be serving tables. Are, they, are y'all following me? There, here it is. And it would be not right for us to give up preaching the Word of God to wait on tables. Brothers and sisters, select among you seven, good, seven men full of good, uh, of good reputation, full of the Spirit and wisdom, who we can appoint to this duty. and We're gonna devote ourselves to prayer. Well, they got seven, but the one I wanna talk about is this man named Stephen. This man named Stephen was a man full of faith and the Holy Spirit. And I wanna tell you something. God wants to use people who are full of faith and full of the Spirit. Not full of themselves, not full of the world, but full of faith and full of the Spirit of God. Oh, he wants to use you, but he can't use you until you're full of faith and full of the Spirit of God. And here's Stephen. How how did that happen? I think he was one of those who had devoted themselves to teaching, who had devoted themselves to prayer, who had devoted themselves to, are y'all with me, fellowshipping together. Here's Stephen, and he's been called, and he's been called to serve tables. Now, this is so important. The Bible says that he accepts that role. He says, "I'll do it, absolutely, I'll do it." And the couple verses later, it says God began to work wonders and miracles through Stephen. Now, what was he doing? He was serving tables. He wasn't preaching behind the pulpit. Peter was going out. The others were going out and doing meetings. And, but Stephen, uh, yes, yeah, Stephen was out serving people. But while he was serving them, they were getting saved. While he was serving them, he, they said, I don't feel good today. I don't want pizza. So why don't you want pizza? Because I, I got IBS. <laughs> he said, you do? He said, yeah. He said, hold on just a second and he'd lay his hands on them and say, in the name of Jesus. He was full of faith and, and power and the Spirit. Yeah, he was serving, but he, he understood that he was full of power and full of the Spirit, so whatever he was doing, whether if it wasn't his time to preach and it was his time to serve tables, he still knew he had the anointing of God on his life. Come on, somebody. And he laid hands on them and they would be healed and then they'd eat pizza, right? He was full of grace and power and performing great wonders and signs among the people. This is what I want to say. Stephen didn't have a problem serving. And I'm telling you right now, tonight, we've got to begin to serve. If we're not serving, you've got to start serving. You've got to find you a place to serve. This, Listen, you, you well, I don't know what to do. Well, this year, this year coming up, we're gonna do more evangelism than you can shake a stick at. We're gonna do more evangelism. You're gonna have so many opportunities to go feed people who are hungry. You're gonna have so many opportunities to knock on people's doors with other people. That's fellowshipping together. You're not by yourself. And tell people about Jesus. You're gonna have so many opportunities to help people who are hurting and you know what? God's gonna use you to do miracles. You're gonna see signs and wonders and the greatest of that being salvation. When you serve. I didn't say when you get in charge of something. See, before you can be, now write this down. Before you can be over somebody, you gotta be under somebody. Did you hear what I said? Before you can be over somebody, you've got to be under somebody. I know what being under somebody is. Yeah, at times it's been a heavy under. I've served under people before. I still serve under people. I'm not saying tonight, hear me, I need to find me a ministry to be in charge of. No. No. Serve somewhere and let God elevate you because listen it's Stephen's elevation you know what it was we'll get there he served the Bible says while he was serving and signs and wonders were taking place the religious people got mad it's like Peter now this is him just serving This is is Stephen going up to Peachwood Apartments and saying, hey, I got some pizza for y'all. Oh, by the way, you need prayer? That's what Stephen was doing, okay? Y'all with me? Hey, I'm gonna go out there and pick up trash out there in the ditch. You are? Yeah. Somebody pulls over. You all right? What, What you doing? Yeah, I'm just picking up some trash out here in the ditch. I just can't stand. I'm just serving. Just serving? What you doing? I'm not doing much. I just seen what you was doing out here in the ditch. I, just, oh yeah, yeah. What's your name? My name's My name's so Yeah. And before you know it, like they're crying. You out there digging? You out there picking up trash out of the ditch? And now this person, it, God has ordained and orchestrated. You thought you were just serving, but God was setting you up. The serving was setting you up. Come on, somebody, to meet someone's need, to see a miracle. God wants to use you, serving. He began to serve. And God used him. So much so, he got the attention of the, of the religious people, and they couldn't stand it, and they arrested him. They arrested him. Took him to the Sanhedrin, front of the Sanhedrin, and they began to question him. And he began to preach to them. I mean, they arrested him. They're there. He said, I'll preach. And he began to share the gospel with power. And they said, we can't take it no more. We don't want to hear it. They said, we're going to stone you. You, thought that, you think they shut him up? They lined him up and he, they said, we're fixing to stone you if you don't shut your mouth. But you know what he did? Here's Stephen. Not only did he serve. But because of his devotion to God, because he spent time with fellowship, because he spent time in prayer. Not only did he serve, but but Stephen knew how to take a stand. See, right now it's pretty easy to be a child of God in this in this in this world. Only thing you're battling right now is your flesh. For the most part. Not Satan, nah, not really. Your flesh. But there might come a day where you'll have to take a stand. Don't think you're going to take a stand when you're not standing right now. You know, I've heard people say, well, Pastor, I don't know what your stance is on the rapture, and that's not what this is about, but uh, when the rapture takes place, you know, I'm just going to wait then. And then I'll know, you know, hey, it's time to get saved. I got seven years or whatever their thought is on that. Listen, if you don't get saved right now, I wasn't trying to be waiting until people disappear the rapture takes place or anything else or there's great persecution. I'd start serving God right now. I wouldn't take a chance. I wouldn't take the opportunity. I wouldn't say, I'll wait for another, uh, more opportune time. Come on, somebody. Now is the time to take a stand. And if you can't find, if you don't find yourself taking a stand, if you're not standing up for righteousness, if you're not standing on the truth of God's word, if you're being knocked around with every wind of doctrine, can I tell you why? Can I tell you why? Because you're spending more time in the world than you are with God because you, you value the voice of people and their opinions more than you do the truth of God's word. I pray tonight that a holy conviction would come upon us and we begin to stand on the word of God again. We would begin to stand with truth again. We would stand in the face of the enemy. We'd stand in the face of the devil. We'd stand in the face of doubt. We'd stand in the face of naysayers. We'd stand in the face of the broadcast that came on, the news, whatever it is, whatever the new variant is, that we would stand on the word of God and say, I I'm trusting God. I'm standing on his word. Well, he took a stand. The Bible says as they were getting ready to stone him and they began to pelt him with rocks, the Bible says that he was full of the Holy Spirit and he gazed into heaven and he saw the glory of God in Jesus standing at the right hand of God. In Hebrews, you see where Jesus is seated at the right hand of God. But here, he's standing. And I want to tell you something. When you stand for Christ, you don't stand alone. When you stand for him, he'll stand for you. Oh, when you've been, hey, when you've been kneeling in his presence, when you've been crying in his presence, when you've been washing his feet with your tears and drying them with your hair, when you spent time in quiet in the quiet place with Jesus Christ, he'll get loud for you. Do you hear me? When you've been kneeling with him, he'll stand up for you. I'm preaching now. He'll stand for you. When he stood up for God, God stood up for you. Stephen, full of the Holy Spirit, he gazed into heaven he saw the glory of God and Jesus standing at the right hand of God. They yelled at the top of their voices. They covered their ears. They rushed him. They began to stone him. They dragged him out of the city, began to stone him, and the witnesses laid their garments at the feet of a young man named Saul. While they were stoning Stephen, he called out, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. And he knelt down and he cried out with a loud voice, Lord, do not hold this sin against them. Stop right there. Wait a minute. Not only did he serve. Don't check out on me. Not only would he take a stand but after you spent time with Jesus in devotion and prayer the fellowship of other saints and you're in love with his teaching not only will you stand not only will you serve but you'll begin to make a sound you'll begin to make a sound that doesn't sound like you it doesn't sound like this world see these words are very familiar are they not? Do, not, do they not sound like the words of our, our Redeemer, Jesus? Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And here is a man, a man, not the son of man, but a man, but a man who has been with Jesus. A man who has spent time in the presence of God. A man whose hunger cannot be satisfied by anything of this world. A man who is in love with Jesus. A man who is in love with conversation and prayer with him. A man who loves the presence of God. A man who has spent time with the Lord. Heaven's open and and invades wherever he's at. A man who is consecrated and devoted to Jesus Christ. Listen, it will not only cause you to take a stand, it will not only Calls you to serve but it'll change the way you talk and you'll begin to sound like Jesus and when you open your mouth it won't be you talking but it'll be the spirit of God talking through you. Help me somebody this world needs a church that's been with Jesus this world needs a church and a people who's been consecrated who's living a sold out life who's dedicated and devoted to God nothing else matters to them don't talk and tell me show him how much you love him, fall on your face and on your knees and repent. Until heaven opens, tears flood your eyes, your heart seems just about to burst, then you know you've touched heaven, then you know you've touched God, then you'll be addicted to that feeling, you'll be addicted to that moment in his presence and you'll search that for the rest of your lives. I'm a lover of his presence. I am a lover of his presence. You know why my Bible's falling out? Apart? Because I read it. I don't know why my pants is falling down. We've got to fall in love with him. We've got to fall in love with his presence. If you're in leadership right now, there will be no substitution for his presence. There is not. I've had seasons in my life where I tried. Seasons of busyness. I see right through that, by the way. God does, more importantly. You've never, been too, you've never been too busy for him. No other things were more important. Some of you have great ability, but you don't have availability. Oh, maybe you show up when you're supposed to hear. I'm, ta- I'm not talking about that. Do you show up when he's calling Longs to be with you. He longs to have communion. Remember, from the very beginning, God would walk with Adam and Eve, Kevin, in the cool of the day. And he showed up. We get a picture of this. We see this. We We get in a snapshot of an everyday day in the Garden of Eden. God shows up and he says, where are you guys at? Where are you? I'm telling you right now God is still saying the same thing. Where are you? Where are you? I want a fellowship with you. Now something supernatural has to happen. I've delivered the word but now The Holy Spirit has to sear this in you. Or you know what, Christina? You'll listen to it and you may be stirred for a moment, but it means nothing. You know how many people I have to watch on their cell phones? You know how many people I have to watch laughing, talking, talking, as the Word of God's being delivered? I'm not talking about lost people. Or maybe I am. Maybe I'm just talking about church people. Maybe I've confused and blurred the lines and that's very possible. Maybe I'm assuming something. Church, if we take this for granted, if we act like the King of Glory is not in this room, When you set aside a time to be here to meet the King of Glory? What are you doing on Monday? What are we doing on Tuesday? What are we doing on Wednesday? You understand what I'm saying? And I don't want to sound like a broken record and I don't want to sound condemning. I'm not trying to do that. But I want us to be the church of the living God. I want us, Maria, to operate in power. I want the bond, the, those in bondage to say, I'm coming there because Jesus is there. They may not understand everything, but they know there's something different about that place and I've got to get there. That we're a pool of Bethesda, a house of mercy and grace. But if we're not, what can we offer people? What freedom can we give if we're in bondage and chains? What word do we have to give, Sister Vera May, if we have no word in us? I will recap if you want to write down. We've got to spend time in his word. We've got to devote ourselves to teaching. We've got to devote ourselves to fellowship. We've got to devote ourselves I want to get it all right now. I know I want to tell you all right. We want to we want to devote ourselves. Let me get there. To prayer. And we want to live a sold out life. And then the fruit of that will look like this. We'll take a stand. We'll be busy serving. And we'll make a sound. It sounds like Jesus. I want you to stand with me all across the sanctuary. If, if you're... If there's a place that has pricked your heart tonight. What are you going to do about it? See, what I said now, now I'm, I'm done. I just delivered this word that I have labored for all week and tried to go to something else. My wife come this afternoon and I said, listen, I can't talk about whatever. It was you're talking about. I said I don't have a word, but in my back of my mind, I, I knew I, I had a word, but I didn't want to preach this. But here we are, and here it is, and now something supernatural has to take place. As you either hear the word and, and don't do anything with it, or take this word and be a doer. Will you come, Malachi? Because see, the altars should be full. I, I would have thought after I'd have preached this word. That people would say, I need I need to repent. There's places in my life, Pastor. I'm not the person. And you know, here's the thing. As your pastor, as your shepherd, I know this. I know that you're not communing together. I know that. Most of us aren't fellowshipping together. We come to church. I know that our, 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 our devotion to teaching is not where it needs to be because I have people come to me and say, I've not been. I haven't been. It's been a month since I've done devotion. Malachi, play something, please, softly. It don't matter what it is. Father, this is a strong word. I know how important this is. and You haven't called me to be a traveling preacher where I can't care about my sheep. I care about this church. This church is what you've called me to do. Too. And I can't do what you've called us, to, this church to do on my own. So God, I'm calling us higher to the place where you're calling us to so that we can do what you've called us to do. God may we see this that this isn't radical believers this what I spoke of tonight is a believer it's not a radical Christian it's a Christian so would you call out to God now would you cry out to him now if you're in your seat would you cry out to him if you're in this altar would you cry out to him would you touch God right now